Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Hey, welcome to Middle-Aged Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Cimino, and my partner on the show, Rick Summers, will be joining me shortly. In these trying times, and that's certainly an understatement, it's easy for us to slip into the darker negative side of things. I recently had the chance to sit down with and chat with someone who I think, if you listen to what she has to say, you're going to walk away feeling better and realizing the glass is half full. It's up to us in the end. Well, my guest today is an amazing woman who runs uh, an organization or a group called The Art of Alignment, which basically they integrate uh, bodywork therapy, creative leadership coaching, mindful communication, and that's really all to help us attain optimal health through really enhanced self-awareness and massive action-taking. And that woman is Anne-Marie Duchesne. And uh, we've been friends actually now for a couple of years, and I'm very honored that you've taken some time to be on our podcast, Middle Age Warriors. How are you holding up? I am holding up rather well. I'm very fortunate to uh, be in a space where I have access to being outside. So that's a big, big part of it. You know, in a way, it's not exactly surprising that this has happened. We've been talking for a long time about the changes, the global changes that are occurring. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's definitely climate change. Um, whether whatever side you're on, there sure. is a place where we can see that there is actual physical transformation. Right, glaciers are melting, um, right. rainforests are being cut down. So there are shifts that are occurring globally. And so, you know, this is kind of in a way. Um, I think a result of a lot of uh, overuse, overconsumption. I really feel this is a reset button. Well, it is of sorts, and I think at, at the end of it all, so to speak, when we look at look back collectively, I think more and more of us will probably realize that is what this is. But in the midst of that, a couple of things struck me and concern me, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk to about. And it's, it's, the, the, there's two aspects in, in my mind that are most important. Uh, there's fear from the illness itself that people have, and then there's isolation and coping with that. So let, let's attack first the fear of the illness. Um, the Surgeon General, and, and this, these things really kind of get under my skin, and he was quoted as saying, uh, this is our 9-11 moment, our Pearl Harbor. New York braces as the nation's top doctor is warning the saddest week ahead. Mm. Do we really need that? Do we really need to hear that and put that out? What, what purpose does this serve anybody? Mm. This is what I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't get it. And the news and the media constantly does this. But I just read to you as a quote, and that says nothing but let's all really be scared. Let's, let's really be mm-hmm. really fearful right now. For me, if I hear something like that and how I coach my clients, um, and you've, you've certainly been privy to this working with me, mm-hmm. um, sure. you know, my sense of this is we have an aversion to feeling sadness, fear, grief. And in my experience, it has been counterproductive 
to move away from from that. Now, that is not supporting the sensationalization of the sadness and the doom and gloom. Yes, this is also occurring. However, in my work and how I like to think about it for myself, because I'm also fearful and I also grieve, and there's also been loss, you know, due to this to this sure. um, pandemic, is to really take a moment and settle into the sensation to really allow ourselves to feel it without losing our sense of presence. So maybe, you know what, Chris, this might very well be the saddest week of all that's coming ahead of us. One mm. has to also mm. use their level, their intelligence, right? Because we all have it. And you have to read this and you have to read the articles. And I think what is being required of us is to slow down. And when we see these headlines, to take a moment to consider that it's media that we are being pulled in to the sensationalism of it. There's a part of truth to it. Mm -hmm. But because we are intelligent beings, mm -hmm, there's an opportunity for a pause. And this, I will tell you, is the biggest secret and tool of all. And maybe you could talk to us a little bit about how you have integrated pause <laughs> in your life, right? Because this is really mm -hmm. where you have an opportunity to shift your response. So you're either going to react or you're going to pause and respond. And that's a world of difference. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, truth, truth be known to our uh, listeners. I was a client of yours a couple of years, beginning a couple of years ago, and I was going through dealing with the loss of my wife and mourning that and moving forward and having all different types of emotional responses to the situation I was dealt, the people around me and how they were reacting to it. And it ranged from depression to anger, to hurt, to fear. But you did teach me how to stop, sit with it, sit with it. It's okay. Sit in the room with that fear, sit in the room with that anger, feel it. Don't go out and start smashing things, but, but be one yes. with that emotion. Don't repel. Don't say, I don't want to feel that way, so I'm going to drink a bottle of wine now, or I'm going to run out and do something to distract myself. It's harmful to distract yourself from what you're really feeling. We need to really feel it, live it, be with it, and then move on. I get frustrated that I feel that the media in particular is making it worse then we already know what this is. I mean, we know about pain. We know about fear. We know about loss mm -hmm. in different levels. Pretty much everybody's experience. This is in a large scale. That's what makes it bigger. Yeah, and people. thank you so much for that perspective because based on the largeness of this global scale, it is also affording us the possibility for a new vision it is also affording us the mm -hmm. possibility of a deeper connection. So in New York City, for example, we have at seven o'clock, it's happening here in, in our neighborhood. You know, yeah, sure. everybody yeah, is screaming and it. clanking yep. and excited and supporting uh, our healthcare professionals who are out there every day. My, one of my best friends is a nurse and she's on the front line every day. So I get firsthand information yeah. in terms of what's occurring in the hospitals. And there is in no way we're not denying the reality of what's occurring. What I'm suggesting is that you also have a zillion opportunities and access to free resources online, on YouTube, meditation techniques, music, 
um, mm -hmm. really insightful and very intelligent geologists, naturopaths, homeopaths, ecologists who are speaking on the topic of this new opportunity, right? This transformation. And yes, whenever, and you will know this, I know this, and most of your listeners I'm sure have had an experience with true growth. I, I am, I am a full grown woman. And I will tell you that my true growth has never occurred without a deep breakdown. I've always professed that to my kids. I say, you know, in order to grow, understand when you're growing, it hurts. It's painful. There will That's be right. pain. There will be discomfort. There will be awkwardness. There will be a tendency to want to run from it. But unless you experience that, you really never truly grow. That's how, but that took me a long time to get to that. I'm trying to pass this along. I mean, they're in their 20s, but I'm trying to pass that along and, and get them to understand that. But it's hard to convince sometimes 60 and 70 year olds that. I, my mother's 85 and I have a hard time convincing her of that, that you can still grow. Yes, well, I know something about you that I hope it's okay for me to share here, Chris, is that you have an incredible capacity to love. You are a very well, caring, you. loving man. That is my direct experience of you. And you know, there's really, love and caring is so understated because it is the true healing lifeline. So when we have, so for your listeners, right, who you have elderly people in your life, or you might have someone who is in a nursing home, you know, like these are, this is real. People are really feeling this. This is when we use, you know, this is a real extraordinary tool that we have to extend love continually, because you know what, we will all die. It mm -hmm. will, they're not right now, but a lot of us are going mm -hmm. through this and they're, and they're very real symptoms of anxiety. And sure. then to remember that we also have that other capacity because we are so multifaceted and complex and extraordinary as human beings, we can tap into our inner tenderness. So when the anxiety becomes insufferable, mm. you know, the pain we were just talking about will occur. The relationship to suffering is a completely different topic. Because right. suffering is a choice on, you know, and, and this just simply requires a cultivation of self-love. And I agree that these are tools that are learned and that we need people to assist us in learning how to develop these tools, right? So it's easy to say, well, you know, you shouldn't be reactive when you don't know how to not be reactive. Mm -hmm. but if you're interested in, in learning more about it, and th this, mm -hmm. is, this is something that I do um, uh, very much uh, free of charge. So if anybody wants to learn more about resources, you, know, you can always visit my website at artofalignment.com. If you join my newsletter, I offer resources where people can go and actually expand their knowledge on exactly what I'm talking about. And this is all coaching um, and services that occur for people right now in these crises that are available and, and uh, free. Now, here's the thing with humans. Humans? Oh, humans. Yeah, I remember them. <laughs> right? They will tend to go for the mediatization, the sensationalism, because it's very attractive to be in danger. There mm. is a threat. There's an absolute threat to the human psyche and actual biology where we get a high, we get a kick out of danger and being scared. And this is really important to know. Because if you keep tapping in to feeding yourself, it's a toxic, like it's an addiction, right? Mm -hmm. We are addicted, right. you know? It's like being in a bad relationship. 
right? Like mm-hmm. we, we, it's really hard to get out of it because we've developed a way where it brings us something. If you're addicted to the media, if you're addicted to sensationalism, if you're addicted to fear, there's a reason for it. And so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, but I have no, I'm sorry, but I have noted that even, you know, with some very good friends and, and watching their behavior in social media and what they're posting. And I never realized how it almost seems like they're titillated by the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fear and, and, and the horror of what's happening and, and keep promoting it as if I'm part of it. I'm living through this. See, you know, it's a, it's a very, it feels perverse to me because that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I just never, I never enjoyed actually fear or being scared. I mean, people, like you said, just a human reaction. They go on these crazy rides, right? To scare themselves. They watch horror films. I never did that because it just was not me. But I think that's what we're seeing here. Only it's, it's real. That's right. And so you're, you're talking here about a very real biological experience of increasing mm. dopamine, mm. adrenaline, right? Depending on which highs, what makes you high, what makes you excited or what feeds you, even if it's dysfunctional, it doesn't mean that right. People, right. people don't stop because it's dysfunctional. So hmm. what I'm offering is the possibility to heighten your human intelligence, your power connecting to your life force to really mm. understand what's possible for you. And especially for those who um, tend to get very anxious, you know, the first thing, especially for people who suffer from this, because it's very real, to really practice the art of non-judgment. And that's, again, very easy to Good say. Good luck. <laughs> not, right, and not easy to do. So this is why I'm offering the resources, right? So if you tap into to mm. my work, I'm I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing right now. This is my full-time job right now. I'm just offering sure. resources for people who want to tap into ways to shift. And the reality is this, is this can be a very daunting time to shift because everything's sure. at a standstill. So my riling call to all mm-hmm. of your viewers is to have the courage And to just take one moment out of your day to tap into something different, to tap into different tools. And I'm here as a model of someone who will offer you these tools. All you have to do is log in to my site, sign up for my newsletter, and you'll just get the information. Right. It's it's pretty simple. And I will will make sure to pass along also on uh, my own website and also at the end of this podcast, you'll people listening in who decide to tap into this, your information will be there as well. So they don't have to worry about, oh, we just missed it. What, what did she say? Where? Uh, but again, to those listening, this this woman is the real deal and has helped me and I know others immensely uh, and, and just getting us on the right track and bettering ourselves and realizing that's a continuing process. Mm. The tools that you give us and give your clients, uh, this is lifelong. So let me go to the other side of this, um, the isolation. And this is unprecedented to be pretty much global, uh, that you're pretty much telling people stay indoors, do not have any physical contact with other human beings other than maybe your, you know, your immediate. Uh, how do people cope with that? And the other side of it, for me, because I've decided to often find ways to take advantage of this, that I'm here now, you know, with, with my girlfriend, Edme, spending hours and hours together. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, but, uh, but, but having fun with it. And sometimes I feel guilty about 
what I'm doing while others are suffering. And I don't know where to put that sometimes. But mm -hmm. I'm trying to take almost advantage of this in a positive way for me and for us in moving forward. But again, the reality is outside my window, there are people dying. And, and I don't know sometimes where to put that. I feel very awkward with that. Guilt is a learned pattern. Guilt is something that we have been taught and again, I'm not blaming, judging anyone for anyone's environment upbringing, okay? That's the past. If you're here and you're able to listen to this and you are an intelligent human being, and I know that you and all of your viewers are, and I, all of my clients, right? This is the choice. So guilt is a mechanism that we are taught. And again, as I was sharing before, there is a piece of guilt. Despite is dysfunctionality in our lives and beings is addictive. So if I can focus on feeling guilt, I don't have to focus on feeling happy. I don't have to focus on feeling another emotion because it's so intertwined in a dysfunctional way that as soon as I move into releasing the guilt, right, there's a sense that I'm diminishing my responsibility in some way. Mm. Yeah, that's that, that's it right there. That's what that feels like. Okay, yep. great. So now I'm going to take you to just a, a tiny, a tiny bit of a process here. So should we so choose to actually really be responsible for our brethren, for the situation that's occurring right now, is we want to focus and shift from the state of guilt, because it's just a state and you can change your state into taking action. Now, for example, Chris, you are taking action in creating these podcasts. You are serving your community and you're looking actually at this time to reach out to more people. So mm -hmm. the story going on, and I'm just using you right now because we're having this conversation, the story that you have going on about feeling guilty because you're not out there helping is actually untrue. It's incorrect. But your neural pathways, your wiring have been wired in such a way since childhood to feel guilty about something because it has fed your nervous system in some way we're yeah. not saying it's healthy we're you know oh, whatever no. it is <laughs> i so, know it's not so your opportunity here is to really look at what does it really mean to be personally responsible right so what your responsibility to take action chris in the best way you know how which is what you're doing right now because this podcast our hope and intention is that it will serve. No, and I and I understand that. But the other part of my guilt also, like, how can I be happy when so many are so sad and so scared? Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't know where to put that sometimes. I, that's that's the struggle I have. Like, mm. I'm happy. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be because people are suffering. Beautiful. Yeah, really important. So. Um, here's what I'll offer you again, maybe a little bit controversial, but is it possible for a moment to not be seeking for happiness? Can we just be here with what is and when your guilt appears to allow the guilt, the space to be again, we're not delving into re-traumatizing any part of ourselves, but just allow for the sensation of guilt to occur. And we've done this before. So here's the thing, right? Here's your guilt. Your guilt is not you. It is a passing sensation, a passing emotion. It's moving through your nervous system, but it is not who you are. It is a part of a process that occurs through you. Mm -hmm. Now, right. 
with this possibility, let's say, like I like to, to, to deal with my own emotions, if my guilt shows up, what I'll do is I will invite my guilt for tea. <laughs> okay. So I will sit on my chair and I will invite guilt to sit on the other chair and I'll have a conversation with my guilt as if it were another piece of me. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Sure. It's not inside of me, so I don't have to become it. Mm. But I can take a moment to sit and acknowledge its presence. And here's what happens when we acknowledge our fear, grief, or guilt. A conversation occurs, and it lessens the charge. There's less grasping on feeling that we are it. Right. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. It, but it's also one of those things, I think, we've been so preconditioned. That's right. Now we have to recondition. And to, to take this approach is not only just simply taking this approach, it's shedding the old approach. You, you, you know what? And here's the thing now. What you're saying is such gold. Chris, my belief is that we're never going back. It's over. Mm-hmm. Life as we have known it is over. Now, for me, this is not a doom and gloom statement. This is a reality. And see, because I'm practicing this so much throughout my life, this separation of what shows up as a sensation and feeling from my true authentic center, right? The more we practice this, the better we get at it like anything else. So now I'm starting to look at, okay, this is a new time. We're moving into a new possibility. And so how do I now cultivate in a time of insecurity of the unknown of not knowing how do i move forward with that right? right mindful presence and every single one of us has access again to resources where you practice mindful presence now is this going to happen today after our call no, <laughs> no that's why people have been hiring me for years as their coach <laughs> right. because i help them through the process that's why i have hired coaches mm -hmm. Right. So my deepest hope here is that people who are feeling isolated, just to go back to your original question, sure. right, the sense of isolation or the sense that some of us have more. So I have clients who have a house right here in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. but they also have a house upstate. Right. So they're all gone upstate and they're, you know, free and there's land and they have children and food and they have resources. They have money. They can mm -hmm. they can do this for a lot of people. That's not the case. Right. So. There again, the human mind will go a lot of the time into comparison, how hard it is for me as opposed to them. Mm -hmm. Those of us who are in isolation, uh, I am also a manual therapist. I do body work right. and osteopathy. And so I touch people all day long and now, right. you know, not so much. Right. So this real sense of isolation, again, is there is a real opportunity here to calm down the nervous system and to just be present as to what is actually occurring. And I'll tell you what's actually occurring right now is that it's, I don't know, I think it's 65 degrees in New York City. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, now you're going spring, to do, you're going to do the weather on me now too? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> spring is occurring. Yes, it's right? But, but our nervous systems are so, you know, we have such a discipline of grasping. We have such a discipline of anxiety, right? We tend to go towards um, <clears throat> what's lacking, mm -hmm. not what's here. So my invitation always is to, even if you're in isolation now, 
in my neighborhood here, I've tapped into um, the political system, my representative. Mm -hmm. So I tap into that bureau and I see what's going on every day. There are meetings online where people can get involved. So you don't feel isolated. There's a way for you to communicate with what's actually occurring in the moment. Mm -hmm. So there's access to that. Um, There are also a plethora of Zoom calls that are occurring Mm -hmm. all over the globe right now. So if you're not on Facebook because you don't like Facebook, um, you can find information on Instagram. You can also find information on YouTube. And so just search like, you know, if you're going through a time of deep fear and isolation and depression, just Google, um, you know, groups, support groups for fear, isolation, depression, Zoom groups. Just go out there and just put that into Google and you will have resources. And if you don't, contact me directly and I will <laughs> and I will and I will help you find them. But this is what we're talking about. No, I think company helps and obviously we still need to be with each other. But that being said, and I had this conversation with uh, my partner on the on the podcast uh, last week, and I happen to be a very touchy feely kind of person. I always I like hugging. I like yes. putting my my arm or hand on somebody's shoulder when they need that touch or support. And I love receiving it. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? And how do how does the person who doesn't have somebody? I mean, I'm blessed to have somebody with me here. That's right. But how does somebody who truly is isolated? How do you deal with that aspect of it? Yeah. Well, that's the reality of what's happening. Is that some people will be alone, and there is no touch. Right. That's what that is. So yeah. there are also, here's another great thing um, that I've started to um, develop is self-touch, soothing mm-hmm. touch, you know, hand on the solar plexus touch, a hand on the heart touch, to self-touch in a way that is holy and wholesome. So mm-hmm. putting our hands on our heart and tapping into our heart and what happens in these times when we connect with ourselves in this way, because the reality is there is no one else to touch. So, so there's a love, do you see how at the same time as this is all happening, this entire craziness, there's this kind of opportunity to deepen. Mm -hmm. And I I think that is and for me, that's see, this is the spirit part of it. Now, I don't want to go into spirituality per se, but there is a so for me, spirituality is your life force. And so when we can tap into our own life force, which is our breath, which is Uh, tapping into, you know, when you, when you put your hand on your heart, oh my God, you can actually feel it. Mm-hmm. But we never take the time normally. And to now, do that, and, and here we are. And so there is a real, you know, a real chance for us to do that. So again, um, the most important thing that I want your viewers to hear, you know, is you're not alone. Yes, it's hard. Yes, things have changed. Yes, it may never be the same again. Right. And yes, there are resources. And yes, there are people here to assist us. I'm one of them. You're another one. So for people to really know that this is a time to not feel... See, I always said from the beginning, there's no social distancing here. Physical distancing, yes. But socially, I've, I've never been more social. Mm, that's a very good point, though, and that—that's—I I love that you just said that. That is—that is a point that really should be driven home. That no, th- we're not socially distancing; we're physically distancing. But we're—and that maybe maybe that is the wrong terminology. But who knows? Even subconsciously, when you hear that, what that does trigger when somebody says social distancing, that really is desocializing. That's right. That's a big difference to what we are. 
And it's great you said right. in reality, because that is real. In reality, we're physically distancing. And just a tip for those of, of you who are isolated out there, or if you feel isolated. Um, so when you go, if you go out on a walk, right? Oh. And we were saying before, you know, Chris, when you're walking now, you know, we've, I, I will cross the street sometimes, right? Because people are too close or we're having a little bit of a mm. paranoid response to it. That's okay. That's completely normal at this time. But what I'd like to invite your viewers to consider is to, you know, be bold, <laughs> And bring your mm -hmm. whole self to the to the crossing of the street and wave your hand. Sure. And just say hello. Like say it out loud. Even if you have your mask and your gloves and you're crossing the street, reach out and wave because you will notice that people will always wave back. Oh, I, I love that concept. We were talking about this uh, off off air, but yeah, I mean, for me, the first few times I was going out and having a going for a walk, sometimes people would cross the street, and I always joked, "Well, that's." That's normal. That typically happens when people see me coming, but they go across the street. Uh, but the the issue I was having was this sort of eye contact. Like we could we could cross and pass six, ten, twelve feet apart. You could still look at somebody and nod or smile or, like you said, just wave and say hello. Mm -hmm. But I was finding people were like literally putting their head down as if making eye contact. They could catch the virus, and and that sort of paranoid feeling was starting to get me down a little bit. But now mm -hmm. that now this wave, I'm going to test your wave theory. I'm, next walk I go, and I see somebody, I'm waving to them across the street. Well, test the wave theory and also the yeah. voice, right? This is another opportunity for us to use. Hey, good right. morning. You know, say it with say it with zest, and and don't worry about the response. You just listen. This is the same concept as ever before. Always put our best foot forward. So if it means a wave and a good morning and a tipping of your hat, or you know, there are many ways where we can still engage without touch. No, I think that's a great rule. And the final thing that you had said, when I hear the line, and I think most people do, it'll never be the same. That sounds negative. That sounds like that's about loss and fear of what's coming. Why, why don't we look at that more as an opportunity? But I think, I feel like most people are conditioned, well, it's never going to be the same. It's always said in a downtrodden way. It's said with negativity. Well, no, it's not going to be the same. Then again, things are always changing. This is a little more a significant shift, perhaps, in a shorter period of time. But, but, Talk about never being the same, not being such a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, it'll never be the same. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the tone of your voice. Right, exactly. But the tone yeah, of our it's voices. Never be the same. <laughs> so again, there is this um, there is this inclination, right? We have a tendency to move, you know, as human evolutionary process of human beings, we go towards the negativity bias. Mm -hmm. So because we are, most of us tend to be uncomfortable with change because it's the unknown. Right. And we want that all for, you know, we just want resolve. We want to know what's coming. Well, we don't. It's really an opportunity for us to see that, yeah, you know, this is true. It, it might never be the same. Some things, you know, some things might uh, bring up some uh, memories of goodness and some things might not change in totality. See, this is the other thing. Let us be mindful to not go to extremes, right. even though we are in an extreme time. You see what right. I mean? There's a con. We, we, I, in my, in my life, anyways, in my existence on this planet, I've never been more confronted with the truth of duality. You know, because on some right. level, you know, what, what, what do you mean it'll never be the same? Well, this is true. But to be honest with you, my apartment is probably going to be the same. 
mm-hmm. in a few months, right? <laughs> like I'm still going to be in this neighborhood. That's probably going to be the same. Right. Um, my work is definitely going to be the same, except better, because mm-hmm. now I'm going to enhance it. You know, my relationships actually are not going to be the same. They're going to be better because I've been connecting with people on a more mm-hmm. consistent basis. Um, my relationship to my health and body is not going to be the same. It's actually going to be better right. because, you know, now I am forced to really pay attention to my routine and my schedule, right? In, in a way that I've never been before. So I agree, it will never be the same. Many things will be enhanced and improved. So again, to take the look at the glass half full, the yes mm-hmm. and, and it's also true that there were, will be other areas that will shift completely. And again, to sit in the, the, the knowledge and awareness of accepting. And that's, that can be very challenging, which is why we want to tap into sources that will teach us and give us tools as to how to accept. Right. And I think, I think part of this is understanding that even in loss, there is growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hard thing. It took me a long time to grasp that. Yes. Like, what do you mean? Loss is loss. That, that's never coming back. But in that process, I'm sure whoever you are, you experience things that you never did before and you can grow from them and move forward and have a whole other uh, new part of your life or aspect of yourself that you wouldn't have experienced without that loss. So we always put loss as a very negative thing doesn't have to be perceived no and you're so right you know and because you know we have to kind of this is a good this is also an unavoidable time to ask ourselves like when did we become so attached (laughs) you know to all these beliefs you know like loss is bad change is bad you know yes it's part of uh creating a sense of of fear but i'll tell you you know fear is only excitement without breath so as soon as you start to breathe again (laughs) Ah, they're, they're, right? Because there's a new hope. Every single breath we take is, is hope, is an opportunity. Some people don't like the word hope. It doesn't, whatever. You right. see, again, to really pay attention to the, the, the thinking process, what are our beliefs behind this? Personally, I have so loved not having to move around. Hmm. Like one of the things I was thinking was how, what an, what an extraordinary healing it would be for our earth if we didn't fly anywhere for 12 months. Right. If we didn't drive our cars everywhere for 12 months. I know that sounds a little crazy, but think about it. No, I, I, I can imagine stepping back and looking at, at the planet and it, right now it's going, thank God they gave me a break. You know, they're not, they're not spewing so much crap into the air or the water or whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is, there is definitely, that's a whole other, we can get into that another time about, mm-hmm. uh, the, the planet itself. And, um, you know, my belief is that, you know, we're just renting here and we have this pompacity as, as human beings thinking we actually have a say in all of it and can control all of it. And when we lose control in scenarios like this on a larger scale, the panic is really just within ourselves contrived mm-hmm. uh, that's right if, if our perception from the beginning and our understanding of where we are within this planet this universe this bigger than universe galaxies and whatever uh maybe we would handle these scenarios a little bit better than we do from the get-go at least anyway that's my theory yeah and, and i love that you know just to share one last thought with you is you know cultivating a sense of gratitude for for what's here in the most dire environments, there is always, and we're, and, and, you know, it's a very 
tragic pandemic that we're experiencing, um, not worse than many from our history, from our past. Exactly. You know, and, and to right now choose to put things in perspective and read enriching, like read beautiful poems, you know, by mm -hmm. Pablo Neruda and, you know, read some extraordinary literature, like to afford ourselves a, a moment if we can. And then you have people who are at home with two or three children, you know, that's the case for some <laughs> of my friends, you know. Exactly. And so let me say that self-isolation is also a choice right now. Mm -hmm. That's true. Contact. Yes, I agree with that. But mm -hmm. social contact, not at all. If you're feeling left out, isolated, gratitude practice every morning. If you take a breath, gratitude. If you open your eyes and there's moisture around your eyeballs, gratitude. <laughs> if you are salivating, gratitude. gratitude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you see in a way how it's bringing us back to a very simple way of life. Every step, like Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a famous Zen monk, you know, talks about peace. Mm -hmm is every step so every time we take a step on mother earth gratitude for my sidewalk that i have shoes that my feet and ankles are moving <laughs> well i mean and and it's this slowing down process that allows us hopefully to become more aware of that as simple as it is but that's really the core that's what we are that's where it all stems from it's just that we made it into something much bigger and now the machine has slowed. It's been forced to slow a little bit. But, Emery, I, I can't thank you enough. You've given me so much of your time, so much wisdom here today. I really hope people are going to walk away from this uh, feeling better, number one, uh, feeling they've got an opportunity now to explore themselves and their feelings in a much more positive way about dealing and coping with this scenario. And it's Amorine Duchenne, uh, Art of Alignment, you can, you can Google her there. I'm going to put the information out on my website as well. Uh, we didn't even get into the real physical aspects as well of because the art of alignment is not only emotional, but it's our physical selves as well. Amory, thanks so much. You stay safe. I know you will. And I can't wait until the next time I get to see you, give you a big hug because, you know, I like to hug. And you like to hug too. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much, love, and uh, admiration uh, and gratitude for you. Thank you. Love to you and keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Stay well. Okay. Well, Rick, that was a lot to think about, isn't it? Um, wow. Yeah. A, a lot of good information, though. A lot of good information to, to finally, I think, put a little more positive slant on what we're dealing with. Because let's be honest, we could easily hop on uh, the depression train here if we wanted to. There, there's enough that's being put out there on a daily basis right now to do that. But I think uh, Amory kind of flipped it on us and and gave us hope. I want to thank Anne-Marie for, uh, for giving of her time with us and sharing some of her insight because it's extremely valuable. And uh, while I have you for a sec, just want to remind everybody, you're listening to Rick and Chris, the Middle-Aged Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, we're talking about anything and everything that's volatile right now. And we know what that usually is, that subject is. I, I did like the one thing she brought up. Um, you know, we're calling it social distancing. But she said, you know, in reality, we're, if anything, at this moment, more social. It's physical distancing, yes. We should stay a certain amount of feet apart from each other. And then, But I thought that was like, yeah, it's so simple, but that's really brilliant because, you know, socially, like you've said to me, we're, we're probably socializing more with people we haven't in such a long time now than ever before through Skype and Zoom and FaceTime and all, all things along those lines. 
it's interesting because on one sense you think is the meter running so i want to be in touch with as many people as i can possibly be in touch <laughs> with yeah. um, so and the technology really does provide us with that opportunity and absolutely and i think that uh it is not social distancing as much as it is physical distancing and and i think i think that she came across that too late that everybody's already so tied up in social distancing yeah. that uh it's too late to get the new t-shirts printed <laughs> well we could maybe we can start this we can start a trend here i have a feeling we're still going to be talking about this for a while so uh you know maybe we can make it a little more positive by saying you know that physical distancing the other thing that that struck me too and and she actually made the statement first and, and we hear it and we read it all the time in particular when there are uh, very tragic-esque events and, and difficult events uh, the statement comes out well things will never be the same and right you know, and i think wow so that means why am i bothering to move on it, it's sort of well it's it the, the best is behind us now it'll never get better and that's really a falsehood to to project with that statement Things will never be the same. Nobody ever says that happy. Let's be honest. It's always, well, things will never be the same, you know. But I don't know how you feel about that. You know, it's something I think about. Um, and the truth of the matter is, I don't think it's such a bad thing. Um, <laughs> right. When you go to bed at night, things are never going to be the same tomorrow as they were today. Because something has changed mm -hmm. in the specter of all of this. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I understand the point you're making and the point she's making, and that is um, we resist change as human beings. We don't do well with change. We don't do well when our routines are disturbed, mm -hmm. and things will never be the same as they were. And it's so amazing to me. You know, Chris, I went out on disability this week, marks one year ago. Wow. that I worked my last day at the Screen Actors Guild here in New York. Mm -hmm. I was just saying to my wife, Valerie, this morning, I said, can you believe I've been out of work for a year? And I I cannot, for the life of me, have imagined a year ago that this is where we'd be yeah. April of 2020. And nobody could have anticipated, never my April of 2020, in January or February of 2020, nobody thought this is where we'd be. Yeah, and this is not, and that's your point, the point also, this is not a short-term thing that we're dealing with. It's, it's going to be spread out over time. And even the getting back to, in quotes, whatever normal is, uh, is going to be a process. It's not going to be a, a, a flip of a switch, clearly. But, uh, you know, part of, part of all of this, um, us having this podcast, hopefully people out there listening and giving them a little bit of hope and optimism and how to take some of these things and these moments and these times. And uh, we, we talked about introspection in our last episode and, and learning more about yourselves and learning more about your loved ones and maybe also valuing the connection uh, that we when we finally do get to give that hug and valuing that a little bit more and realizing how much that really means. So, you know, Amory said, to me, I, I said, well, I feel like I should be doing something. I feel guilty. And she said, you are doing something. You don't realize it, but even this podcast and reaching out to, to people and your, and your followers uh, and trying to make them feel stronger and get through this is valuable. So I guess, I guess you and I are doing something, even though 
<laughs> quite often it doesn't feel like we're doing anything, anything other than sitting in our ass, quite frankly. But uh, hopefully this helps some people. At the risk of sounding like a therapist, even though it's been a short time, Chris, what have you learned about Chris that surprised you, if anything? I would probably say if I if you had you know thrown me in this situation or said we're going to throw you in this situation maybe six seven eight years ago um, I would have been filled with and riddled with anxiety and panic and fear for some reason I'm I'm surprised at how calm I am through this I'm surprised at how positive I am that we're going to get through this and things will get better um, that's that was not typical Chris, <laughs> to speak in that you know third person. But uh, that's not typically who I was, and I guess some of the experiences I've had over the last few years, which have you know they've been tough, but they've been learning experiences, uh, made me able to handle this a little bit better. I mean, I don't know. How about you? I mean, how how are you feeling about yourself and coping with this? You know, along those lines, you and I come from a very similar place, and I think. Now that we're older, I think now that we've achieved some of the things that we've achieved in life and we're looking back and somewhat reflective, I can honestly say I'm not afraid to die. I don't want to, right. but I'm not afraid of it. And we've lived, or I can speak for me, I've lived a really good life and accomplished things that I never could have imagined accomplishing and I'm really appreciative of all the things that I am taking with me up here mm -hmm. in my 20-pound uh, universe, as somebody <laughs> used to refer to your brain. Yeah. And I think that was being generous, believe me. I don't no, think my brain was... No, don't underweight your brain. It's, it's a heavy brain, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of in the same place with you. It's, it's, no, I, I, don't, I don't want this to end, but I'm not fearful of that. And to a certain extent, if you can really get... Uh, close to that thought and get close to that emotionally, I think it, it makes you stronger in, in getting through moments like this, that it, it doesn't just terrorize you and, 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 and freeze you and stifle you. Um, so we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, I guess we should wrap this one up. But again, I want to thank Anne-Marie Duchesne from Art of Alignment. I'm going to post the information uh, where you can uh, find out a little bit more about uh, Anne-Marie. And she has a newsletter that's free. That's very helpful. And where you can sign up for that. Uh, Rick, any final thoughts before we hit the road on this one? But we'll be back next week, too. Sounds good. Be safe. Be well. Be good. Feel good. Hang in there. Stay safe. Stay healthy, everyone. And uh, we'll be back in a, in a few days. And uh, you know, just, just hang in there. We're going to get through to the other side of this. Hey, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five if you're feeling generous. We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V, and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow my blog about my travels, my past, and my societal observations for what that's worth. That's at ChrisSaminoWeather.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at ChrisSaminoWeather. I sense a trend here. On Twitter, it's at Sabino for the number four in one.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.